0: This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast, a Radio.com sports original. Hello, America. Well, and I guess world. Welcome back to the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns right here on Radio.com. We appreciate you guys checking in with us every week as we Break down everything that's going on in the National Football League. I am Jason Lockenforer. You can find me on Twitter, at Jason Lockenforer. I promise it's not as hard as it sounds. Baldy is even easier to find on Twitter, at NFL. Brian Baldinger, you guys know he's got all the info on the X's and the O's. And we hope that you not only listen, but also, you know, subscribe. Give us some feedback, rate us, review us, all that good stuff on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast servicing. Uh, Baldy, another wild week in the NFL. Um, we saw a couple of results that, um, at, at at least to me, were fairly shocking. And I think it probably shocked uh, some of the bookmakers in, in Vegas. And, and maybe we, we start right there with... Joe Burrow, um, another sort of master class performance. Um, the Titans, we know they have difficulties on defense, but I think for people who didn't watch this game, you know, Cincinnati bossed it from start to finish without their normal offensive line, and those starters have struggled. But backups, guys who had only been in the building for a couple of days, and they go out there, they keep that kid. Uh, As clean and upright as we've seen all year. I think he only got hit twice. He didn't have to air it out all over the place. 250 yards. They stuck with Gio Bernard. They stayed a little bit balanced. And they outclassed the Titans.
1: They started a left tackle, Jason. I've I've been doing this thing for a long time. They started a left tackle from Kansas. I've never heard of a starting offensive lineman from Kansas. I mean, and I know the kid, Akeem Adenagy. Like, he's a six-round pick. And he did as good a job as that first round pick was supposed, Jonah Williams, was supposed to do. And this Joe Burrow, though, I mean, first of all, this team, they're building it the right way. The, the receiving core, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, you know, uh, Alden Tate. I mean, A.J. Green isn't even a part of this offense. You know, I mean, like, I don't know when the trade deadline officially ends or whatever, or it's over. I mean, somebody could have gotten A.J. Green, but I mean, he's not even a part of it. This young core and then Joe Burrow, this kid is as tough as they get, Jason. Athens, Ohio, everybody knows, kind of an impoverished town. This kid is, he's like everything you want. Competitive fire, accurate as hell, just gritty, tough, and just smart. He gives them a chance. I mean, that's a good Tennessee team. And, you know, you could just tell the, they haven't won in forever in Cincinnati. You know, it's, it's just a, a beleaguered, you know, franchise. This kid has energized the whole thing. The way quarterbacks and you hope and pray that first picks in the draft can energize. And you can see it. The kids are skipping out there. Fred Johnson at right tackle, skipping down the field, Chase. Is, it's fun to watch. I'm telling you, I they have a big B in the middle of uh the stadium there in Cincinnati. And I, I think it's just B for Burrow. Like I, I like I don't even think it's for Bengals. I think it's just Borough, that's what it is. It should be the Cincinnati boroughs. I mean, there's competitive cats, man. Like, good luck because they've been in these games, Jason. Oh God, them. yeah, they could have they've four been wins in all these games, yeah. including the tie to Philadelphia. And who knows when it's going to switch
0: and turn? But it, they're on the right track. I am with you there, a thousand percent. uh The another result that caught me by surprise: um the Vikings taking down the Packers. Um, We've talked about it here, really going back to even our season previews, the dirty little secret with the Packers is if you stick to volume in the run game against them, you're probably going to find a lot of joy. Um, Not a lot of teams do it because they're trailing um, or, or maybe they, you know, just, just get off schedule, what, whatever, uh, but that was a big result for the Vikings, uh, who have had trouble up front, and, and they didn't block that well for Madison the week before. But, boy, was that, did they have Dalvin Cook going.
1: Well, a couple things, Jason. The, the, in the Packers' last three losses, okay, they lose the NFC Championship game to San Francisco. Raheem Mostert goes for 10 yards to carry, four touchdowns. Uh, they lose to Tampa two weeks ago, and Ronald Jones has his best game of his of his career basically. And then Dalvin cook was just unmerciful on him running it 30 times. Um, and when you look at the Vikings right now, like they had 15 draft picks, Jason. And I swear, I think they're all on the field. I mean, they put this Ezra Cleveland in at right guard. It's best. I mean, I thought he was Ron Yerry in there the other day. Um, you know, people might not remember Ron Yerry, but he's all Fame left tackle for the Vikings. But anyways, but, like, they've got these young kids playing. Justin Jefferson, you know, Gladney's been starting all year. This kid, DJ Wanham. How about uh, him taking uh, over
0: for Ngakwe and closing the game out? Their, their fourth yep. rounder out of South Carolina. He definitely flashed for me. Yep, no doubt.
1: And so, these young kids, you know, some coaches – it's all changing in this league. But, you know, some coaches will play their young players early, know that they're going to make mistakes, and might lose games because of it. But they're going to win late. And I think Mike Zimmer is in that category – uh, Pete Carroll's always been in that category. Like you got to, when you get draft these kids and they got talent and they show some ability, you just got to you got to grow with them, and you got to be patient with them, and you just hope that they kind of turn the corner with you. And I feel like the Vikings found the right guard for the future in Ezra Cleveland. He was drafted out of Boise to be the left tackle, um, but he, you know, they, they had injuries, or whatever. They had to an upgrade, and you give Dalvin Cook a clean line of scrimmage, and you can't overwork that guy. That's who he is. He did that at Florida state. Um, all of a sudden this division is kind of wide open right now. You know, I mean, I, I, I think the Packers are still the favorite, but like, who knows uh, what, what, what can happen right now? I mean, I know Minnesota's got two wins, but if they play football like that, where they literally, they, they act Kirk cousins to throw it 14 times. It's
0: probably a good formula. Well, we told you a week ago that the Ravens formula was probably changing on the ground as well. Speaking of, of uh, you know, rookies and and changing of the guards. Um, J.K. Dobbins, now the feature back of the Ravens. Uh, he was getting a smaller share. They came into that game 50 carries for Ingram on in the season, 50 for the Gus Bus, Gus Edwards, just 25 for Dobbins. But the one area that the, the running game was shining and, and, and looking a little bit like last year was when they would have three, four, five receivers out there that get in a the spread. They'd run Dobbins out of the pistol, off tackle to the right, off tackle to the left. He did it 11 times le- leading into that Steelers game, Baldy, for over 10 yards per carry and two touchdowns. He did it 10 times alone in the Steelers game. They had no answer for it. You had T.J. Watt yelling at the D coordinator. They ran 265 Against a team that was giving up 65 a game, although they're not really good against the spread, um, I feel like the Ravens in defeat found a new feature back in Dobbins who also can help them in the pass game where they desperately need help. And even if Ingram was healthy, I don't think you're seeing Mark Ingram as a workhorse there again unless Dobbins gets hurt.
1: He was my favorite running back in the draft. I, I mean, it was you had three guys at the top of the draft in the running game. DeAndre Swift, and Jonathan Taylor, and DK J.K. Dobbins. I, J.K. Dobbins. I, I know this kid. He's from Lagrange, Texas. Jason, this town is—they have a stoplight in the town. I wasn't sure if they did. But they have a, a stoplight. stoplight. In, right. The one. They have a stoplight in Lagrange, Texas. About 1,800 people, and he left Lagrange and went to Columbus, Ohio, and started day one and dominated the Big Ten, like you know. Those guys are rare. Adrian Peterson did that coming out of, you know, Palestine, Texas. Those kids that come in and dominate at that level are rare. And you put them in there last week against a great defense, and you watch, you watch him like these linebackers are like contorting themselves trying to stop this kid. Like he's just shaking him out of their boots. And he's just getting started. And I'm I'm with you. The Ravens lost a game. It's a hard loss. It's a great game. It's a, it's the best rivalry in football. And I predict Jason that not only will the next game between the Ravens and the Steelers be a classic, but the one in the playoffs this year is going to be another classic. They're going to meet three times this year. It's just a collision course. Um, It has to happen for, you know, America's fandom because you have to watch it all the way. They, you know, I, we, Lamar had trouble, you know, with the interception. He had trouble. And, and he, he's not a turnover machine. It's not really who he is. He doesn't fumble it a lot. He doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. But he had trouble. You know, third play of the game, Splain jumped in front of him, 7 nothing. But they, they said, even with Stanley out for the season and Zeus going over to left tackle and D.J. Fluker going to right tackle and the backup center going to right guard, the, the philosophy didn't change. And they ran the ball right down the Steelers' throats to the eight yard line. And, you know, on the ninth, on the eighth running there on that drive, um, you know, Lamar gets the ball knocked out of his hand. So, uh, you know, they're, they're going to, that's who they are. They're going to run it. It's not going to change. Zeus will be fine at left tackle. Uh, there is no other Ronnie Stanley in the league. I mean, he's just a class kid and a smart guy and a steady player. But they played without him this year. He's been out of the lineup with injuries before. They're fortunate that they do their homework and they find DJ Fluker, you know, and they can find a plug and play guy who has all the size that they want up front. So I, Dobbins is the story, you know, even in the loss, Dobbins is the story.
0: Yeah, he's, uh, his workload is going to increase dramatically in the second half of the season. You talked about an offensive line in Baltimore getting it done in the run game, um, Boy, Tampa, I know that wasn't the sexiest game in the world, and I'm sure there's some people who feel like they should have beat the Giants by more than they did. But Tom Brady's got creature comforts going right now that he hasn't had in a long time, Baldy, and they're about to bring another receiver into that mix. But this is the best line he's played behind, I think, in, a, in quite some time. And he has an array of weapons, the likes of which he just has not had in recent years in New England.
1: They um- – They really protect him well, Jason. Uh, He's been sacked uh, nine times this year, Um, three times in the first game against uh, Tampa, so uh, against New Orleans. But when you look at the last two games now, uh, he's been sacked twice and he's dropped back 85 times. I I call Tom Brady's office is that posted stamp five yards behind Ryan Jensen, the center. And when he stands in that spot and he doesn't have to move from that spot, um, he's going to carve your defense up. And I believe, you know, it's funny, this Antonio Brown situation, I mean, he's going to get on the field. And you find out that Antonio Brown is living with Tom Brady. And, you know, you might as well have Gronk living there. I mean, to me, it's just Brady's bunch. And the whole thing is Brady's bunch. And if you want to just add the offensive line, put them in a wing of that house that he lives in, like it's it's just Brady's bunch, you know. It's like, it's like Oprah.
0: It's like Oprah. You get a guest house, and you get yeah. a guest house, and yeah, you like, get like, a guest
1: like, house. Like, you know, it's like the way. You know, it's like uh, the Pentagon. Like you get the West Wing, okay. And then Gronk, you can have like you can have your playground over here, and Ab, like we've got this PlayStation set up for you, and you can take you can play all the Tom's kids, like in Madden, okay. Like when you come home for practice. I mean, it's just you can feel like there's a spirited energy there. Um, Like, yes, the Giants gave them everything they could handle and all that, but you're going to get games like that on the road on a Monday night. You're just going to get some of that. But, you know, it all sets up for this weekend. It all sets up for this weekend, which really is the division to me. Um, New Orleans comes to town. They knocked you off week one. The coach, Bruce Arian, says that Brady didn't play well in the game, publicly just sort of scolded him, which has probably never happened. And so, publicly anyways, maybe privately, but not publicly. And so he's responded, and he's got his game face on, and Gronk is involved with his team. But the line, Tristan Wirfs, <clears throat> I mean, the kid has really delivered at right tackle, the rookie out of Iowa. It was a great selection. He's he, he Literally, it's the only line in the league right now, Jason, that has started all every game together. And so they haven't had the injuries,
0: and they really pass protect really well. Yes, they do. Uh, that Bucks giants game rem- kind of felt to me at least a little bit like the Bears-Saints game where it, no one ever really got – that. there was not a whole lot of separation. It was kind of nip and tuck. I always kind of felt like the more talented team was going to win in the end, but it, it might be kind of ugly to get there, and it was um, – the Bears move on to face the Titans this week in in sort of an interesting matchup. Two teams that I think you know badly need a win because their record doesn't look nearly as good now as it did three weeks ago. I know you've got your eye on Darnell Mooney, who looks like he could be a breakout player for Chicago. You know the the, the kid,
1: he he kind of had a free agent grade because he's five foot ten, he's one hundred seventy five pounds, but he went to the combine and he ran a blistering four three six forty. Um, and that's what he looks like on the field. Some guys run that that fast, Jason, but they don't look like that on the field. This kid, he gets behind, like for two weeks in a row now, he's gotten behind the defense. They had the biggest play of the year early in that game, a 50-yarder down the field to him. Nick Foles thought he was throwing it to, I don't know, Deshaun Jackson, I guess, and uh, just aired it out, and you're like, wow, I haven't seen that play in Chicago in years, you know? And then they tried it again, and Nick just missed him. He got behind Lattimore the next time, and you know, Nick just kind of threw it to the wrong spot. But I feel like they've got a deep threat, which they just need a way to get some big chunk plays. I mean, they lose Bobby Massey, the right tackle, like literally in the first series. Then they end up losing Jason Spriggs, the backup right tackle. I don't know who is playing right tackle right now. You've got a backup right guard. You've got a backup center. You, I mean, it's it's all backups. And so they're just trying to find, like, literally, uh, Matt Nagy is just drawing up plays in the dirt, trying to find something that can work. But a big part is if they could get some chunk plays because the receiving court is not bad. Al Robinson is a quality player, really good player. Uh, Anthony Miller looks a little bit just lost in the offense, but he he can be a good player. Sometimes a new quarterback in there, you just got to find a rhythm and a timing uh, with that guy and what he likes and how he sees the field. I just feel like Chicago's defense is going to keep you in these games. Um, if they, if Miller and Jimmy Graham catch the ball in overtime, maybe the Bears kick the game-winning field goal. So, look, Tennessee can't rush the for This Genevieve Clowney looks like it's a bad experiment. They just oh, cut another pass. Beasley's
0: right. gone. Landry hasn't given them anything. They they got no teeth.
1: They, they've got they've got no way to get to the quarterback right now. And So Tannehill has to put up thirty, and so. Uh, so, you know, the Bears are going to have a chance because they don't have great pass rushers and, you know, they they, they match up pretty well with them. We, we got to see if, uh, you know, if anybody can slow down Ryan Tannehill and, and Derek Henry in combination right now.
0: Well, and if we're we're talking about notable individuals from the week, we, we, we couldn't get through that without mentioning Tuatunga Valoa, who... Wasn't asked to do a whole lot. Thanks to the defense and game flow, they could really kind of start taking the air out of the ball from the second quarter on. They wanted to protect him, incubate him, not overextend anything. All that played into their hands. They face a different sort of opponent this week with the Arizona Cardinals, whose quarterback can pick up yards real quick with his arm or with his legs. Uh, do, Do you think, we see a little bit more of, of Tua unleashed in this one, Paul What are your expectations? Well,
1: I think you have to, because you can't expect that Jakeem Grant's going to take back a punt 88 yards for a touchdown, or Andrew Van Ginkle is going to pick up a fumble and run it back for a touchdown. Um, I don't know the last time a Dolphin team had two returns for a touchdown. Um, I mean, there's people out there that can figure that stuff out. I'm not going to spend my time. But, but you know, I mean, Tua's going to have to throw it for more than 100 yards. And, you know, the good thing is after Aaron Donald just shocked him, you know, like literally in the first quarter of that game where he's sitting on his duff, uh, after just getting crunched by Donald and and Brockers going. So this is what the NFL is all about. He kind of dusted himself off. He's a tough kid. He took the hit. He didn't turn it over after that, but you're going to have to, they don't run it real good. Uh, miles Gaskin is just, he's kind of just a safe guy, but he's not, there's nothing special about him. Um, So they're going to have to throw it, uh, you know, and they're going to have to get more out of Tua this week than what they got last week. They didn't have to get – you know, it was a light day at the office. You know, it was a half day. So they're going to have to put the full day in, and we're going to see a lot more of him. The one thing, uh, just watching him, um, is he just – he looks small out there, you know. He just looks small. No, 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 Kyler Murray is small, but the way that he moves, it doesn't make a difference. Like he's just a blur. Well, but, and his uh, his his trunk and his
0: thighs ain't small, Baldy. No, I mean
1: no, 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 no. I mean the the guy's got a base, and, and so does two. But two just like when Aaron Donald is coming at him, and and or Michael Brockers has his hand in the air, he just has from the pocket. He just looks small, and you just go, is he going to throw the ball over these trees, like for this career? Because like Drew Brees, you know, can throw it through the trees because his footwork is amazing. So that's. There's just some plays in there where you go, man, like I like I I understand that there's Russell Wilson out there and there's Drew Brees. And there's all these guys that are challenged vertically, but they all have they all have assets that overcome all of that. And so I I, I just I just got to see how he's going to throw it from the pocket. And then, you know, he's the only left handed quarterback in this league. He's, the last quarterback that was left-handed to throw a touchdown pass was Mike Vick in 2015. So it just always looks different coming from a
0: southpaw. It just does. Well, you mentioned Russell Wilson and that was certainly one of the games we wanted to touch on this week is the Seahawks and the Bills. I, I don't know about you, Baldy. I mean, Buffalo won that game, but I still came away shaking my head a little bit. Like you can run the you can run the ball on them this year. Like you just can and people do and you knew that even if the Patriots were healthy, even with if Edelman and Harry played, they're not, they, they cannot push the ball downfield. They don't even pretend that they can. And still, Cam holds on to that football at the end. I think New England wins that game in overtime. Um, Russell Wilson put his one bad game behind him, like I think you and I thought he would. He doesn't have back to back bad weeks. He absolutely torched the 49ers. Um, Boy, if the Buffalo defense is gonna be what it was, uh, they better start doing it like right now.
1: I don't think you're gonna see it, Jason. I mean, just the injuries at at the cornerback position. Uh, they're they're at down at the bottom of the depth right now. Uh, I don't know that anybody can st- single can stop DK Metcalf. And if you try to take him out, Tyler Lockett's gonna gonna crush you. I mean, the performances by Lockett and Metcalf in the last two weeks watching dK Metcalf Jason I mean if there is the next coming of Julio Jones if there is if there can be that player that's who it is I mean this guy there's just and now when you watch him run some of these routes like physically he he matches up with Julio better than anybody but now you're watching these routes and if you if you just stripped him off the helmet and the shirt and the whole thing you'd think it's Julio running these routes I mean, it's precision, it's comebacks, he can stop on a dime. I mean, his his growth from two years ago at Ole Miss to now is amazing. It's just an amazing thing to watch. And there's no, there's nothing for me to believe that it's just not going to continue and that he's just going to continue to just, you know, recognize defenses better and double teams and releases. Up. I mean, all that stuff that happens when you just keep playing and playing. Like, this guy is going to be a mega superstar. I mean, he's he's Megatron. He's Julio. That's that's who he is right now. And Buffalo really doesn't have any means to stop this passing game of Seattle's right now.
0: Yeah, I, I think that could be one-way traffic. We touched briefly on the Saints and the Bucs. Do you have a, a strong feeling, Baldy, on on how that one plays out? Do you favor one of these teams over the other, you know, right now at this moment in time?
1: I like the Bucks right now. Um, I, I, I just, the, the, Saints defense, I mean, if you just look at the names on the back of the jerseys, they should be much better. And they're just not, I mean, Lattimore was a shutdown corner. He, I saw, I, I just see him getting beat right now and guys are going at him. And, and there was a time, you know, he hadn't been in the league that long, four years, but there was a time when people just didn't do that to him. Uh, but that I, they're getting behind Janoris Jenkins. I don't see the dominant Cam Jordan that we're used to seeing. I just don't see it. Now that doesn't mean that, I mean, I'm not looking at just that, you know, sack numbers of two and a half sacks. I I just, I thought he had chances last week to just dominate that game against, and you know, an offensive tackle that really has no business staying in front of him. And I didn't see it. So, but you know, Alvin Kamara is amazing. I mean, he leads the league in yards from scrimmage. He's second in the league in receiving. Like they line him at receiver in the slot, tailback. I mean, you, I don't know that you can work him enough. He wore the Bears out. He's the one guy. You know, like can Tampa figure out a way to contain Camara? And if you do, if you do anything where you just kind of just limit the yards after the catch or the explosive runs, like I think this is Tampa's game. I, I think they have improved a lot since that Week One loss, and I expect the Bucks to come out of this one with a win.
0: Well, we talked a little bit about J.K. Dobbins. Uh, his matchup this week is against the Colts. Now, this game is a little bit weird right now because the Ravens are not really going to have about well seven players practicing all week because of COVID. Uh, their COVID. So situation. is Humphrey out right now? Humphrey's He's definitely not playing. And out. guys like Judon, uh, Deshaun Elliott. Um, they're going to have to test negative for five straight days. And and, and okay. then if after that fifth day, they're negative, then the, the players who were close contacts. Is there still a chance this
1: game could play. get moved, Jason?
0: Yeah, Baldy. Uh, it certainly could. If 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 more positives are determined, yeah. if if this thing looks like it's spreading, then certainly the, some of the contingencies come into play. Like the Ravens, as of Wednesday morning, we're, we're, we're pretty hopeful that, you know, they got Humphrey away from the group as cl- as quickly as possible, and you know th- they're hoping the numbers don't go up. Obviously, but look, this this thing is yeah, um, I mean, This is it is what it is. It's it's yeah. you know the numbers are up all over the place. Um, so it's going to be a, a, an unusual week for the Ravens defense to say the least. They're gonna have guys in the practice squad now, basically practicing with the first team defense because they don't really have any linebackers. Um, any of the regular linebackers really aren't available. A queen. You know, Judon, LJ Fort—they're not practicing all week, so uh, this is going to be something else. Um, Well, one thing we know the Colts do though is stop the run, Baldy. Like, I'm I'm
1: scheduled to do this game, Jason, and so I mean, look—the Ravens lead the league in rushing, um, you know, for the second year in a row, and the Colts are the second best in the league at stopping it. And their defense has been stout all year. And when you watch them, I mean, you kind of—I don't make any comparisons to. Tampa, uh, you know, the year they won a Super Bowl. But it looks a lot like him. I mean, it's the same philosophy, Matt Eberfluss. It is a gap defense. The run fits. You could do it with your eyes closed. They are so disciplined about what they do. Now, the Ravens run the ball differently than anybody else, obviously, with Lamar. So that's the X factor. But when you watch them, like last week, I mean, Detroit couldn't gain an inch. Um, I mean, they just couldn't. They, they, they There was just no room to run. They squeeze it like nobody else. They're so disciplined, and that's really, to me, where this game is going to come down. The, the, the Colts' overall defense is excellent, but their run defense is just – it's really something to watch. I mean, it's a great thing to watch uh, about really how to fit the run with the safeties, the linebackers, and where you got to be. And to me, that's, that's where this game is going to come down to. I mean, if the Ravens run for 180 yards, they're probably going to run away with the game. But I don't think that they are. And so if they force Lamar to throw it where he was under 50% last week and they're third and eights, and, you know, I think that plays into the Colts' hands here. And Philip Rivers, the, the odd thing is the Colts can't run the ball at all. Like, they're just not good. And it's weird. that The offense line can protect better than anybody in the league. They got good run blockers. These The running backs just are not very good. Jonathan Taylor, Jordan Wilkins, I mean, they're just not good runners. And teams are just ganging up on them. And so, I mean, I, minus Patrick Queen or LJ Ford or, you know, Judon, I think the Ravens with Brandon Williams and the guys they have up front, I mean, if they stop the run and, you know, Philip Rivers might throw you a couple, you know, in the
0: game. So I think it's going to be a great game I, in so many different levels. Well, we couldn't get out of here without touching on – the NFC least, and I know we have a lot of fun at times ripping some of these teams. And my God, they asked for it. Like Dallas, come on, Jerry, you're you're really you're really attacking Danucci. Like you're going on the radio and saying you didn't think he was up for it. Like what did you think you were going to get, dude? Like what, what? I mean, are you? I mean, really, like a seventh round pick out of JMU, and you're going on the radio and saying, well, you know, I might be trite to say this, but he didn't give us a chance to compete. No bleep, Sherlock. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you give them no offensive line, I mean, whatever. Anywho, we want to take a moment to recognize some of the good work that is being done in that division. I frankly have been surprised by the gains that the Giants defense has made through the course of the season. Uh, and I know you've been watching the Washington football team closely since Chase Young came back, got healthy, got his legs under him. Um, since they've gone with the youth, right, and kind of made Kerrigan more of a spectator, uh, they, they got a little something brewing there on that side of the so, ball, do they not?
1: I'll tell you a quick story, Jason. I, I'm, I'm watching the, uh, the Monday night game. Giants are kind of keeping Tampa in check. And I tweet out, Giants play the best defense in the NFC East and it's not close. And really, almost in real time, I get a, a response from Jack Del Rio, the defense coordinator in Washington. And he says, uh, I love you, Baldy, but um, you might want to look at what... so." Like he just, you know, just alerts me that we're playing pretty good. So then you go back and you start watching them and they are. The Washington football team are playing the best defense in the NFC East. Not just that, but they've actually turned the ball over the fewest amount of times. Carson Wentz has turned the ball over 16 times. The team has turned it over 17 times in Philly. Dallas has turned it over 15 times. The Giants have turned it over 15 times. So you think, all right, as bad as this division is, and the Cowboys-Eagles game, was the single worst game I've seen all year, on every level. I mean, it was just horrible football. And I know the Eagles are 3-4-1. and They've won two in a row. But And they play the Giants this week. We'll see what happens. But I'm just saying to myself, the Washington team, with two wins, is it possible in the second half of the season that if they play shut-down defense and just don't turn the ball over, that the Redskins could have the formula to win the
0: NFC East? Is it possible, Jason? I think it depends on the health of the Eagles. Uh, If the Eagles maintain a semblance of health, as much as Wentz is turning it over, I still think they have enough to win the games within that division and maybe pick up the odd one outside of it. I just don't know about those other three beating anybody other than themselves, if that makes sense.
1: No, I mean, look, you're right. I mean, the Eagles – you know, they, they, they got their tight end back, Dallas Goddard. And, you know, they're going to get – they got Jalen Rager back. He catches a touchdown pass. And Fulgham is the real thing. And Miles like, when Sanders, Sanders is back,
0: back, right, they can just run it through him and win that division. Like, yeah. you don't have to show off your quarterback,
1: right? Well, just, it, 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 but Carson has to stop playing this hero ball. He does. everything has to be some sort of, like, crazy highlight. Just play the position. So – but you know, if you turn it over 16 times in eight games, Jason, like you – You kind of say, at some point, if you're a good to an elite quarterback, you actually put games together where you don't turn it over at all. I mean, the great ones just do it. They go weeks without a turnover, without putting it on the ground, throwing it to the other team. And I haven't seen any part of Carson's game where he can do that. And so he's going to – in some of these games right now, the way it's being played with ball possession and stuff, some teams are getting – Six seven eight possessions, and if you're turning it over on two, you're not giving yourself a very good chance. I'm with you if the Eagles get keep getting healthier, they're, they're the favorites, but I've just got an eye on the red uh, on the on Washington here as they kind of you know get ready uh, for the second half of the season coming off their bye.
0: Yeah, we had to do a thing at cbsports.com about who do you think the defensive you know, we had to do mid season or like mid season projections. And I, I went with Chase Young as defensive rookie of the year just because I, I think he's about to get like – I mean, he might mess around and get 10 sacks in the second half of the season. Like, I, I don't think that's out of the question.
1: He's got crazy athletic ability. It shows up. And, he you know, he's, he, he's finding, you know, what works, what doesn't work. He's getting to the ball a lot better. Um, I, sure, I certainly like Jeremy Chin at this point. Um, he's been outstanding in Carolina. But it will not surprise me to see Chase, you know, take the award. And have that kind of a second half.
0: Well, we will certainly be watching all the games this weekend. And we know a lot of you guys will as well. And we will be right back here next Wednesday to do it all again. Thank you guys for tuning in to the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. You know we're here every Wednesday on Radio.com. You can check us out on iTunes, Spotify. Please rate, review, listen. You can reach out to us on Twitter at BaldyNFL NFL and at Jason Lock and Fora and uh, we wish everyone a great week out there. Enjoy the football, and we'll talk to you next week.